Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcast episode 289. 11 episodes away from 300 episodes. I can't believe it. That's crazy. So crazy. Well, I'm Jessica Kupferman, your smiling host, co-host for the day. (laughs) Today, I'm here with my lovely, cackly co-star, Elsie Escobar, and the currently bald but beautiful John Jamingo, our producer. Hello, ladies. How are you guys doing today? Pretty well. Pretty good. Pretty good. So, everybody, everybody, tomorrow. Oh, look. Oh, first time caller. Adriana call. is in the house. First okay. time caller. Yay. Hi. Yaha. We're so happy right, to y'all. have you guys. Okay. So, this show is going to be going live the day before election day. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. If you don't hear from us the following week, it'll be because we've moved. We're in the process of moving. (laughs) It's because we're packing our shit and going someplace. We don't know where. Jessica, did we have a show the week after last election day? I don't think we did. We we were very sad, but yes, I was very. I was quite the. Do you remember that? Like I, yes, you were depressed. Devastated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were devastated. That was a morose episode for sure because it was also the opposite of what we thought would happen. Like, there was no way we thought that would happen. Yeah. It just was preposterous. It's still preposterous. Yeah. I think that I'm going to. It's happened. Yeah. I don't even know. But I think that we should. I have to look back at our. I want to listen to that now myself. Uh, We should. I thought this week I would put some stuff in the squad about. Anxiety and dealing yes. with stress yes. and staying calm in a crisis. Yes, we actually requested that from our social media team, which I think they're going to yes. do because I was like, everybody, we are going to be providing tools yes. and comfort and love yes. and I'm, virtual I'm definitely hugs adding that stuff in this squad. I have some checklists in the squad about how to, you know, things you can do when you're feeling riled up and i'm gonna be adding those this week so that next so that when you're listening to this if you're in the squad you can just go in there they'll be there they'll already be there for you when when you hear this yeah so the day after election day hopefully we're not in chaos but if so we're sorry we're in it with you yeah i know (laughs) and if not yay yay and also you could just use this because we're because this is about the only thing we're gonna talk about that has to do with the election politics, so, yeah. Therefore, we try not to go vote if you haven't already. And oh yeah, other than that, we'll just argue about podcasting. How about that? <laughs> just vote. There's so much to argue about in podcasting. Why do you need anything else? I know exactly. We should just continue to keep arguing about podcasting. But alas, yes, we're not going to tell you. I mean, probably it's clear now who we voted for, but we're not going to tell you who to vote for, but it is important that you vote. And I mean, if that means you have to like cram a little study session about what's important to you and who stands for what's important to you, then please do that. But it's important that you vote. And this election is extremely important because it will it will dictate how we live the next six months. Yep. And longer than that. But no, but I know that. But I mean, it will immediately affect what's going to happen with this virus, I think. Oh, I was like... Speaking of virus, we did get Hunter a COVID test. And? It was negative. It came today. 
Well, speaking of virus, I found out today that even though I'm two weeks late from getting my hair appointment because of like it was the same day as the party last week we did for podcast movement. And then this time I can't do it because of something for Isaac's class. And I was like, when's the next one? And she goes, well, my mom has COVID. So I have to quarantine for two weeks. And I was like, oh, no, I'm already a month behind. Like, I already look like someone's bubby already. Like, can we please just... I was like, tell me what to do. Like, can you give me a box of color? A box she was like, of color. I can have she goes, I can have someone apply your root color. And I was like, someone cannot apply my color. I need it to be you, not someone. I trust no one. She's lucky I trust her. So yes. COVID has ruined my hair for the second time. Again, yes. It is not an easy thing, man. It is we totally did like my lovely other half is uh he is not swayed. Like when that man stands solid, like there is no like, well, you know, maybe we could just have this one exception. Like he's not that guy. So Hunter was, we went and got her a test. She was in her room. He set up another like room in the other house. She was not allowed to talk to the house. Why her and not the rest of you? Because she's the one that might have been, so she had a mask on and she went and every time we interacted and I went into her bedroom, she ate everything in there. I was wearing gloves and a mask every time I went in there. But what led up to this that made you think she had coronavirus? Because she threw up on the way into town and she was feeling really, she was feeling really um, off. And Hunter is incredibly sensitive when it comes to. There's so many things that that little her little body does differently that whenever she starts to come down with something or something's off, her body just does these weird things. Like when she broke her arm, she actually had a temperature for two days. And she was very warm the whole time. But anyway, yeah. no, don't say it, Jess. No, I was just going to say Emily was like that. Like she one time I had to take her to the hospital. She had to go to the hospital from high school because she was suffering from dehydration like Lindsay Lohan. Like yeah. she's suffering from de- – remember that? Dehydration and exhaustion and I had to – we had to take her to the hospital. Her blood pressure was very low. No reason. No instigating right. circumstance. Just out of nowhere, she's dehydrated. Like – so it's weird. Like Hunter seems to do the same thing yes. where it's like her body's just like she has a rash and no one knows why and nothing is different. Yeah. Hunter's body just decides to revolt for no reason. Randy and I talked about the dehydration aspect as well. Like there was like, so they weren't, anyway, just to be safe because we were going into town to go to class. And you can't take a child that just threw up right before class to go to class and just be like, oh, she just threw up in the car, but she's fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, that's not going to happen. And so we came back and we got our test the next day just to make sure... But it was like hardcore, man. He was like, I mean, we were like masked up, like cleaning her room with like gloves and all the things. And what kind of test did she have done? Um, like the one like up the, the brain nose. tickle. Yeah, the brain tickle. Yeah, and um, but we still had to wait. Obviously, she went in on Saturday morning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we had the res- results um, today, this morning. I had my test. They just did the back, like they did the back of my throat. Like they went in there with a big thing and, you know, went around and around and around and around and around. And that's how I got so on. They swabbed my nose, but they didn't go that far up. Like not even a half of an inch. They just kind of zip, zip, and it was done. Yeah. That's weird is how they do different ones. Yeah. It Look, is weird. Because I, mean, I, I thought they were going up my nose to tickle my eyebrows and I braced myself. <laughs> like <laughs> before it happened and like it was nothing. I was the same way. I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. 
Look at that. So you Evan know you're not going to like it. Her daughter was sick with all the symptoms. So she had five days of fever, fatigue, headache, tummy oh, issues. No. And she was negative for COVID. But she freaked everybody out. And yeah, and everybody was masked up. And she says, and lost about 10 days taking care of her. Yeah, absolutely, Adriana. That's the thing. It's like, all of a sudden, oh, it was yeah. like, I got to do this. We can't do that. She has to be here. That's got to be there. Because it was it was kind of nuts. So, And also, I just realized this, Jess. I got it totally mm. confused in my head. So, uh, John, I don't even know what you're going to do with this. But alas. Uh-oh. This God. show is going to go live still in October. Not on Monday. I don't know what I was thinking that it's going to be Monday to Monday. So this is not the day before Election Day. This is October 30th. 30th. That you're going to be hearing this, seeing this. It doesn't matter. Still, it's before Election Day. But alas, what else? It's the last show before Election. Yeah, that's good. There you go. Thank you. Yes, that's it. Thank you for clarifying that. All right. Well, without further ado. Adieu. Let us move on into, oh, let's listen from, this is a piece of feedback. We asked for feedback. So let's hear from Sevilla Morgan. It is a little bit, it's about a minute and 44 seconds, but I just want you to listen. I thought it was very insightful. It's very insightful. And her voice, y'all, her voice. I know, like butter, honey, like Like butter. butter. Like butter, Sevilla, like butter. Hi there, Jess and Elsie. It's Sevilla Morgan of the Childless Not By Choice podcast and the new not just another religion and politics podcast. Well, I, love that. I thought about your question. What would I do if somebody gave me a thousand dollars for my podcast? And immediately I thought about gear because I need gear. I've been using the same gear <laughs> since I started five years ago. And hey, it sounds good. Nobody's complained about my sound. Um, no, but she sounds amazing, in fact. Then I thought, I could probably get gear. I started doing the math in my head because that's what I do. You know, as a former stockbroker, you just can't get away from the numbers. And so anyway, I started doing the math in my head. And I thought, well, if I took $1,000 and paid my um, my fees, my monthly fees, such as hosting and my podcast producers. Yes, I've got a podcast producer for each podcast because... I absolutely refuse to edit my own podcasts. It would make me crazy. I love that. So I think I would take the money and pay the producers, the hosting fees, just get that all taken care of. And then I can buy gear. <laughs> anyway, that's what I would do if somebody gave me $1,000. Enjoy the show. Enjoyed you guys uh, talking about how things get messed up and just listening to you guys interact, the three of you. Oh, it was great. It was good to hear that um, sometimes there is disagreement and you just push through it and you continue to love each other. Love you guys. All right. Aww. Bye. We love each other. <laughs> I mean, we try. <laughs> Thank we try you, Sevilla. We try. Yeah, we try. That Sevilla, was great. You know, <clears throat> what I love about the feedback that you guys give is that it feels like you've called us on the phone and you're just having a conversation with us. Like, I love that she's just like... It's what I do. I'm a stockbroker and I just, I just can't get away from the numbers. And I'm like, and I appreciate those details so much. And I just feel like I, I feel like I'm like, all right, Sibylla, thanks. Click. (laughs) I know. It's so cat. I mean, it's not cat. And you know what I mean? It's casual, but in a good way, in a great way, in a way that makes me feel like you know us and we know you. We do know her, but you know what I mean? Yes. And I love it. I love that she thought this out. 
I really miss hearing everyone's voice, like our podcast friends. <clears throat> I mean, besides seeing them in person, hearing your voices is so nice. So if you guys want to send us feedback, we really will play it for everyone else, but we really miss it. You can send it to feedback at shepodcast.com just to say hi or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Whatever you want to whatever you want to say. And speaking of virtual and seeing our friends, Jessica Kufferman, we are or we we've been part of Podcast Movement Virtual. We had a special networking event that we t- that we did, and we have not talked about this. I have not done a brief a debrief around this whole thing. So now yep. that it's over, what are your thoughts? Okay, first off, it was much more fun than I expected it to be. Me too, me too. Much I agree more with fun. That. Yes, I think, and I hate admitting this. I think it's because I was drunk. No, I'm kidding. I think it was because <laughs> I'm joking. I think it was because of the platform Shindig. Oh, no way. I really think that it lended itself to a much nicer feeling of being in a party. The floating heads and us together on top, like being able to put on, put up, I mean, we could do all of this here. Like we can put up PDFs if we wanted to, if we thought it through enough and like, but. Doing it as a party, I really thought like, unless we're stalling for time, it's going to be boring. And it wasn't boring because everyone participated in the games that we did. Yeah. And it was really fun. It was so much more fun than I thought. So over the weekend, I saw Kate Erickson posted something in Podcasters Paradise. She said, you know, do things that are not scalable. And one of the things she said was like, she went into where everyone, you know, has their profile in podcast movement. And she had her assistant send everyone a note to say hi and make sure that they go to the part like her yeah. event where, where she and John were speaking. I got the I message. Wish, I did too. And I wish I'd have thought of that before our fucking party because I didn't. <laughs> and then Callie did um, it for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I'd thought of that for us. And then also I, you know, I went back in there today and it's like, it's so overwhelming. There's so many women. And like, now I feel like the thing's over. I don't know what to say. And I feel kind of awkward, but like, I've tried to reach out to a few people just to say hi and how are you enjoying the conference and hope things are good. But I wish I had done more interaction within the event because aside from doing the party, I didn't really engage too much with the event. Like I didn't speak or anything else. So. I didn't really get to play with the attendees the way that I normally would at an event. So I regret that a little bit. That's the only thing that I didn't like. But doing the party and being in charge of it was great, I thought. What is your recap? I also agree with you. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. It was a little unwieldy. Like I remember the first time that I saw the Shindig platform, I was like, are you kidding me? Because I was like, what? It's so different. You know, it is so weird and different. And I think that it took us a few times of interacting with the platform to not only understand what it was like, but like discuss bits and pieces and like, how does it actually work? And, and mind you, we had people that were helping us because if we would have had to have done that all by ourselves, Jess, think about that. What if we just, you and I had to run that event minus anybody else's help, not even Libsyn's people, but like the guy, what was his name? (laughs) I forgot his name. Uh, Drew. Drew. Was it Drew? Anyway, I'm sorry. One of them was Drew. One of them was Chris. We had the most interaction with Drew. He was there, like, keeping us on task and telling us the things and moving around. Like, a total producer behind the scenes. I don't think we would have been able to make it the way that we did it. That was, like, seamless and sort of moving the one thing to the next thing and then the next thing and all of that stuff. Because it took us 
a long time to figure out what the heck is going on with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also we didn't get a lot of time in front of it. And we're also used to the one thing. But the one thing, like Zoom wouldn't have been as good, I don't think. That's just my opinion. I mean. No, I mean, but yeah. But all I'm saying is that it took us like hours of prep to be able to do that is all I'm saying. I think I'm going to have to oppose this viewpoint because the second I got in there as an admin, I figured it out in two seconds. Like, here's where you put a, a music up. Here's where you put the PDF up. Here's where you upload shit. Here's where you say you promote people to a podium. Yeah, but you also had to figure out that there were issues. Like, you're seeing it from, like, the real quick perspective. There's people that probably couldn't get in because they didn't know what they were doing. And also – probably. That's right. A, so that's there's a lot a of people who are like, I'm pressing the button. I don't know where to go. What is this? This is another app. I thought it was going to be here. How do you get in there? Do I want to put my name on there? I don't know if I want to put my name on there. What is that? How come I can't see it? Like there's all of those people did not make it. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. It was a lower attendance than I thought. And I I was blaming myself for that. But I didn't I didn't think that it would be partly tech platform that that contributed yeah. to that. Because like a hundred and so people signed up, but we didn't have a hundred people there. No, we did not. And and it was the same thing that happened like when we did the Hoover event for like even just a Lipson meetup. It was the same type of thing where people are like, I don't know where you guys are. How do I get to where we're going? Where are we meeting? And so you kind of get a chance to see where the ball is dropped in a lot of these events and the amount of work that has to go in teaching people how to get to where you need to go. Because it's not intuitive. It's not – you don't even know that it was a different platform. Yeah. You know, it doesn't say that. <clears throat> That's true. That's true. And like for a swap card, it's really easy to use it because everything's there. But for the events, the networking events, it's a totally different other place. Yeah. So – Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, I know that unfamiliarity can be weird, so – I know that was a con, but I, having the party was fun. Not having yes. it to do with podcasting was perfect. A delightful surprise. It was awesome. Plus, yeah. we don't get a chance to play at podcasting. I think that was my favorite thing that we did all the games were all podcasting centric, but they yeah. were not. You know what I mean? Like, and so everybody knew, like, go get your pops filter or whatever it is that those yeah. questions that you were asking that were so yeah. perfect. It was a scavenger hunt where I made them get yes. like <laughs> certain things. That and also, never have I ever, where it was just like, I've never podcast with no pants on, stuff like that. Yeah, it where fun. it's like it was very centric to podcast, but it was all super, super fun. I thought that that was amazing. So there are possibilities to be able to create something funner now that I see it. And now that you could see the people doing all the stuff, I think that there's a there's a place for all that stuff. So I was really pleasantly surprised. And, um, you know, and when it comes to the podcast movement stuff, the actual attendance, I've gone to, I think, like one session and a keynote. And I think what I have, two sessions and a keynote, they are really sticking to those 25 minute mark things. So it's like you start, somebody's running the thing and go. 25 minutes and next. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, that's like, not to say, I mean, it, they're, they're really focused, but that's 25 minutes of sessions almost every, like yeah. that's how many, that's fast. It's a lot. It's pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's meant to seem like it's going fast because you don't want it to drag. Well, of course not. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm just thinking like in terms of the amount of information coming at you, right? Mm, yeah. That's a lot. 
Yeah, totally. It's not like stand-up where you can run the light. They start playing the music and then you're done. Yeah. But they did a really great job in terms of, <laughs> of um, behind the scenes, like trying to get people to make sure that their bandwidth is great, their cameras are great, their audio is great, testing everybody's things. Mm-hmm. Like you had to be part of the, like there were all kinds of processes in the back end that they did so that there weren't going to be any tech fails and whatever. I don't know if it has worked, but that's a lot of work. Guess who has two hooves and never did their tech check? This unicorn right here. (laughs) But dude, you were a party. Did you have problems dropping out? No. Okay. Of course not. I think that's just for speakers that aren't used to, you know, doing It was for everybody, Jessica. Everybody, Rob, every Rob, every Rob had to sign up. Dave Jackson had to sign up. I had to Mm. sign up. Everybody had to sign up. And they had a, the, the people who tested everybody- you didn't speak speakers speakers yeah. so you, you didn't, didn't send me the thing you did like it was yeah but anyway they had to take a picture of the oh i see what you're saying yeah, of the yeah. back end stuff so you had to not only sign your speeds this is what my internet speeds are this is this, all the stuff like all kinds of information then you had to submit a screenshot of your speed test so you had to Take a picture and send it. And then you had to take a screenshot or they took a screenshot of your setup as it was going to be on the day of. So if you didn't have, like you had to have your mic, the camera at the angle, you had to take a picture. And then then that person who did the testing then sent it over to the product manager person who will then check everybody's thing and make sure that everything looks the way that it's supposed to and everybody's speeds are whatever. That's a cool job. I wish I had that job. I would love that job. You should have that job. Yeah, it was actually, yeah, they would come in and they would just go like, hi, Elsie and Jet, like what you do for us anyway. Like it's what you're doing right now. (laughs) That's basically. Basically that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. It was very intricate. So I don't know much else other than that. that Well, then let's get into some news. Yes, let's do it. The news you can use. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. So this is not exactly an art. I mean, I did post an article. There's actually two articles on this page. The first one is from the 21st, which was like a week or so ago. Quibi shut down amid what the CEO calls pandemic struggles, although... That's kind of ridiculous because if anything, so for those of you who don't know, Quibi was a mobile only video subscription service. So like HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, but only on your phone. They had no way of seeing it on the TV and they were um, really banking on the commuter traffic, people who sit in traffic that have 10 minutes where they, you know, might be able to see episodes of stuff. But now because of the pandemic, they, you know, they sort of tanked. Well, they raised almost $2 billion. Wait, Quibi did? Yes. <gasps> to, to get I the app not, off the ground. What was I thinking and not paying attention to that? But yes, go ahead. From Disney, NBC, and Warner <sighs> Media. I know. But the, the company has not hit the subscriber growth. And the CEO says... It was all because of the pandemic, completely because of the pandemic. I don't necessarily think that's true. 
Well, I read another article that sort of displayed like all the different reasons why it didn't work. But, you know, I just feel like once again, we've shown that a mobile only subscription service is useless. Well, hold There's up. There's so much out there for free. You well, are not, correct. I mean, YouTube is the same format. 10 minute videos. Why? Why would I pay to see? I mean, the the thing that they do is they is they poach talent and they get big names to be in these shows. But like, it's not enough of a draw. No celebrity is enough of a draw. Yes, you are correct. And I think that there were a couple of things that were kind of weird about this is the fact that this was new content in bite-sized pieces. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they obviously they did pay stars. They paid people to develop content for Quibi that was tiny. It was sort of like the segments in HGTV and, yes, you know, right. all, That's all a very good live. point. That's like, a very good point. And so then not only were you – it's kind of like, okay, so Hulu. Hulu has some content that is native to Hulu that they create. But they also have all this other, like Dancing with the Stars and like all this, like Netflix has all shows. DreamWorks, Disney has Disney and Star Wars and Marvel, like yeah. all stuff that you've loved from the past. You're yeah. so right. That makes a huge difference. Quibi is all new content that no one gives a shit about. So if you don't have anything that they do give a shit about, why would they sign up? Yeah, it totally. And there's right. no, like, they don't even have, like, you, you, okay, with Spotify with Joe Rogan. They made a very specific thing and they took a he- a show that is massive so that it's going to be here so people come and get that. So it was already established. Whereas Quibi was starting with like, what were they starting with? I don't even know. Quibi? Yeah, like nobody that like, I can't even think of I a mean, show. I mean, Chris, Chris, uh, you know, uh, who's the Thor guy? Chris Hemsworth's brother, Luke, I guess. I don't know. Um. Luke. I think Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick was in a show. Um, there was a bunch of stars that were in the in the shows, but it's not enough. It just wasn't enough. And like here we have Quake. Oh, Subscription yeah. podcast company Quake launches. And they've, you know, 2.5 million in seed funding. So thank God, not a billion, you know, almost $2 billion. Starting with politics, but expanding hopefully into religion, sports, and Hispanic media. They're launching with shows Soledad O'Brien, Gretchen Carlson, Mike Huckabee, Andrew Gillum, Mark Lamont Hill, Buck Sexton, and Laura Ingram. And I mean, who the fuck can't? Oh, and also the monthly fee is $5 or an annual fee of 50 So $5 is how much Quibi was. And I'm just wondering, when will we learn? Also, it's not us that need to learn. It's the VCs. <laughs> We as I'm in like, we as a society, we as content provide. I, I didn't mean you and me, we. I meant the collective we of entertainment media. That's what we're in, I'm assuming. I, you know what it is, Jess? It's because <laughs> they're thinking of business model. Like they're selling the business model because the the people who are investing the money are going like, so how are you going to make money? Like what's the business model? Like how are you going to, you know, how what how is this going to work? Like what's your plan? And so they're looking at models, established models of making money, but they're not taking into consideration, which is what I like to teach, the actual behavior of people that are consuming said content. So like if you want to establish podcasting platforms or make money off of podcasters, you really have to look at the way that people are consuming the content and what they are doing and how they're doing it. Because if you don't help that, they're not, 
again, they don't even understand how podcast uh, consumers are and how like crazy they are about where they listen to their own content. Mm-hmm. Like that's like it's true. Well, no, nobody's <sighs> going to Luminary to use Luminary to have their podcast consumption. Nobody does that. Nope. Yeah. No. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so I just wanted to share this link because it has two, it has both articles and you can compare the two services. I just keep, you know, Luminary and Luminary just every time one of these pops up, I think about Luminary and how he was too cocky and his launch kind of blew up in his face. Yeah. The only thing that they do have going on this Quake thing is the fact that they are really zeroing in on the whole political people want to get political podcasts. So I understand there has been a huge rise on political podcasts for sure. So that's interesting. But the thing is that it's the right people talking about the political things that are making it interesting. Soledad O'Brien is somebody that has a voice and she's been creating a lot of content before. She has a following on TV. She does really great shows and she has her own production company. I do think that she has awesome things to say. The thing is, though, most of the podcast political shows right now that are super, super amazing, a lot of them are indie podcasters like Pantsuit Politics. And those ladies are very unique very independent podcaster, very down to earth, very just the way that podcasters are. I love that. There is Mueller, she wrote, which is another indie podcaster that was all about politics. Again, long form, very different type of conversations that are expansive and and unique. And what they're doing is they're hiring political, they're, they're highly, I don't know, it's like they're hiring either journalists or political people. And the fun thing about political shows is the punditry of the everyday people who have something to say that is outside of what you hear in mainstream media. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it's like, it does. They haven't even touched base with those things. Like that would have been really smart for them to reach out to the pantsuit politics ladies and say, hey, y'all, would you want to create a small snippet of your show and have it be part of Quake? And leverage their existing platform, which is amazing, because right now they're doing a fantastic job all on their own. Why would they want to do that? Right. They wouldn't. It would be the same way if they took uh, no agenda and said, listen, we're going to pay you to come over and be exclusive on this platform. They would say, no, we're making. They would say, no, there's no way. Yeah, why am I going to allow you to come in and tell me what to do when I'm just fine where I am? You need me. I don't need you. Well, that's why they're pulling Hollywood talent because they don't already have stuff that they're doing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But But it doesn't mean anyone wants to hear from those people. Right. And I think that that's the thing. It's like, again, they're coming from like the outside in. Let's like they're trying to reinvent something that doesn't need reinventing, especially if you're going to be donating. Like, how much money is that, Jess? Can you imagine if they invested in existing infrastructure? Like, if they helped, and I'm going to keep mentioning their name just because they've done some really good stuff. But like the pantsuit politics later, could you imagine if they came in and they negotiated a deal with those two women and gave them the money to do their thing the way they do it and to expand? how much more of an impact they would have, how many their audience would grow so much more. The the women would know exactly who they could invest some money on, the type of content that would really work because they know their audience 
You know, it's like, why don't you invest in podcasters that are already doing it and say, here's a million bucks. Just check in with us. Let us know if you have any um, questions about uh, setting up, you know, your strategic business plans or if you need a, a connection with a great financial person or and we'll give you, you don't the, give whatever. someone a million bucks without controlling every aspect. Well, this it. is what I'm saying, but that has to change. I'm sorry, How? but if somebody people need to come in here and go like, here's a million bucks. You do your thing. I trust. No. You. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. That is never, ever I don't going care to happen. If it's never going to happen. But all I'm saying is like, why can't people take that? Because you know what they're doing right because now? Because it's a million dollars. money. What about the Quilby people? Billions of dollars. That was stupid. Exactly. That was stupid. So why can't they be actively stupid about it and just go, might as well, here's a, here's a million. In the same way that they would be doing it for these other companies that are going to go under. It's the same thing. Okay. I want to find the thing. It's a bunch of bullshit. Why did – okay. Here's why Quibi failed. Content quality. You think Hollywood is kind of like an API. As long as you have cash, you can buy content with decent predictability. But it wasn't quality. It was too predictable. The content wasn't shareable. Quibi did not allow people to send screenshots or pieces or gifts or anything. They spent way too much money on the content and not enough money on anything else. Okay. So this guy thought that Quibi was going to be great. But what he's saying is they spent too much money. If Hollywood is predictable, then it's less risky to spend all that cash on premium content. But then you think that $1.75 billion would be enough. But Quibi was supposed to be competing more with social media than with Netflix. So it was like they, they were really competing with Netflix and TikTok and Instagram. Right. I think they thought they were competing with something else. And so it just kind of went in the toilet. So it was a bunch of stuff. But I don't think any of those things equal I should give a stranger a million dollars and Not tell a stranger, them to just do their thing on my network. A very smart, independent content creator who has their shit together, who has a business plan, who has an audience, who knows how to create content, who knows their audience and are able to currently show that they're making money. Somebody like Erica Mandy, which is exactly what she's been doing with that, you know, thing that, what was it? The radio public thing where they, mm -hmm. and pod. Yeah. Fun, pod fund. Pod fund. Where pod fund was doing that. But I think that something like that okay. actually can work, but it's yeah. like, and a larger investment for a longer period of time, because I don't know about you, but Erica Mandy is a very, very smart, savvy woman. She knows how to work. She knows what she likes. She knows how to work it. She really is willing to hustle. She that doesn't mean she knows how to handle a large amount of money. That's why you give them 5000 10000 $50,000, see what they do with it. Well, no, well, And then if they course. need more, you give them more. You can't just be like, here's a million dollars, Erica, and then hope you see them again. Exactly. And I think that part of it is that we need to also trust people to know how to invest their own money. And also, we when can't. you are giving people that money, you say, here are people who can help you. Here's an expert uh, financial person. Here's an it. But you are essentially the boss. You need people to help you around. They are and the boss. You you need to be beholden to the company who's given you money or they but can take it away. What I'm saying to you, Jess, I understand that that's how it works. What I'm suggesting is that it doesn't. What I'm suggesting is that somebody, and I'm speaking to all of you people who are millionaires out there who are looking to change the world, this is when you find somebody and you 
give them agency over this money and you literally say, I will give you as much structural support as you need. You do your thing. You serve your people. That's where I feel is needed now. So yeah, it doesn't work that way. But why can't I ask exactly for what would? So basically you want like the show Pod Sharks. So in other words, you get three billionaires out there and people come out and they present their podcast and they say, what are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for this amount of money. And he says, okay, I'll give you this for this stake and that. And then you could, that would work. You know, that would be fantastic. Maybe a stake, maybe like what I would, I guess, you know. No one's going to give a million dollars away and not expect something in return. Like, in other words, you're giving a million away to get a million three, million five. Well, I mean, so here's the, I'm not here to, to speak to the way that the world works now. I'm here to speak to the world that I want to be. I'm here to see, like, if there are people who are making, like, lots of money out there that happen to have extra resources, because there are some, right? Some that have an exorbitant amount of cash that they can literally say, I will give this money to you. Go for it. Not as charity, not as like just a random person, but to actually have somebody that can be a a sort of patron, right? That's been a thing that's happened in the past without being there going like, it's going to have to give me money back. Like, oh. is that even a possible human thing? I hope that if at some point in my life I can have a million dollars extra, that I'd be able to do that and just be like, here, dude, take it. Because why should I be the boss of that? Why can't I invest in humanity? So this attitude is the entire reason why I told you I need to take leadership courses. <laughs> because this is exactly what I want from the company that I'm building. And I'm learning that. This does not exist. People need to be managed. They need to be told what to do. They need to be told how to do it. They need to be told when to do it because left to their own devices, they don't do what you want. Wait, exactly. Well, no matter how smart they are. No, no, no. But, but what you're talking about here, this is what I'm saying. They don't do what you want. But there are some people, and that's what I'm saying. Like the women that I work with, Jess, are those people. Those people have a boss. They have their shit together. They have a boss. They research. They invest. They continue to strive. They're creating incredible content. But they're being completely overlooked because they cannot find a partner that is going to be wanting something in return. Instead of just feeling and going like, you know what? This, This person just needs to have that push so that we can give them the resources so that they can change the world. And not re- expect anything in return. Why? <laughs> so ridiculous. It is not ridiculous. If you want to create this, then we would have to Who's initiate. We? we, she podcast, you and me. Okay. If we wanted to do something about this seriously, yeah. we would have to establish a nonprofit yeah. and get donors. Yes. Explain to them what idea we have that right. we want to choose who we think deserves it and... This is what we're going to do with it. You either donate, you help us fund it, or you don't. And then just get donors that are that believe in us enough yes. to trust us to do this. Yes. All of that. Yes. Yes. So I guess you guys heard it. We are sometime in the near future, maybe <laughs> birthing a nonprofit to give people <laughs> yes. money with no expectations in return. Yes. Why not? It. Actually, the expectations is the impact that could be had. The impact of changing people's... That's very broad. 
Yeah, but it can it can be, but it also depends on who you're helping, right? Because it's going to be different. Let's say um, that money goes to somebody who is developing uh, another form of education for teenage girls. Let's say we're talking about somebody like a company that is doing some amazing work using podcasting to change uh, the way that pregnant women are are helped in rural areas right okay. so that's a very that's a very specific thing that is using podcasting as a way to have impact on society and the world and possibly change behavior so what happens if you give someone a million dollars and they say oh my husband just lost their job i can't podcast for the next 6 months that would be fine. You know why? No, it because would we, not. No, no, yes, it would. You know why? Because we have to take, what do you think would happen right now if like, for whatever reason, I got sick and I couldn't work? We would have to not have advertisers and sponsors. R- right. And therefore, we would still lose money. Yes. I couldn't go to the doctor. What about health insurance? What if like when, you know what I mean? Like it's still the same shit, man. If you give someone the the money, they have to commit to doing podcasting for the next X amount of days, months, or years. I think dismantling the entire- Or they give us the money back. I think that there's something to be said at being able to provide somebody's life as well. What's to stop someone from getting the money and going, I've injured my throat. There is actually vetting processes- and trust with Help. people who are breaking models. It's I'm not saying anybody. Trust no one. Well, I don't I disagree. I disagree. No I think one that there are people deserves this much trust. You know what? That is a very and I'm going to step in it now. That is a very <laughs> United States type of thing to hey! think about. It is a very much of the people that are the bosses of all the things and haven't lived in a society where it's constant, like the ability to support each other when people need it is part of the DNA. And part of being able to support each other and support each other's businesses are intertwined. And I think that when some people have more, it's okay to provide resources to somebody who needs it without any desire for return. And that includes helping them with their business or education or medical resources, all of those things without wanting anything back. If that's true, then why don't they just flush it in the toilet to see how it swirls down? Because that's the attitude that people here in the U.S. have. I'm saying you can give money to people. I mean, thousands of people get grants and college funding and stuff. So that they can go out and make the world a better place. That's what yes. financial aid is for college students, right? right. Correct. They believe in yes. a student. They give them yes. a full ride for whatever yes. reason. The mom gets sick. The mom dies. You don't get the rest of the money because now you're not going to school. Do you? Or, or no. don't you? I mean, like no. I got a full paid, like I got a scholarship. Yeah, I continued in school. And Did all they give the you a check or did they pay the university? They paid the university. For right. Because you can't be trusted with that kind of money. Well, it's I mean, because you, it's paying for my school, but I understand the I understand the process. I get it, but at the same yeah. time, it's like being able. Mind you, I actually did get a check when I went to grad school. I do remember because I did go shopping, probably for living expenses. If that, I if did you get go a full shopping, ride, that includes um, that. And I got it was the first time that I got that money, and I got the check and I put it in my bank account. That's the most money I had ever ever had in my life. Mind you, it was supposed to be for the entire time that I was there. But at the same time, I was able to manage that for three years until I finished. 
I'm not saying that everybody is like me, right? That pays bills and that goes to class. Happen. And- Pandemics happen. People get sad. They get depressed. They get handicapped. Their spouses get yeah. sick. They can't be trusted with a lump sum like that. You have to either spread it out over time, like I was talking about with Erica, where you give them a little, then you give them a little, then you give them a little, just to see if they'll manage it properly, you know, which is a lot of work. I feel that there's something to be said about being able to provide somebody the ability to perform optimally within the context of their lifestyle. If you are requiring somebody to perform or to like put out a product that is top notch, that is on point, if they are losing their home, if they are ill, if their child has just been diagnosed with cancer, if they just got in a car crash, it literally is a problem there. There's a problem there. And what tends to happen with our society is we discount people like this. We discount it. It's like, oh, well. I'm not saying we should discount it. I'm saying we can't provide a solution for every problem. The problem we're solving is giving people the resources to do a show. If they're not doing a show, they don't get the resources. That's all I'm saying. This isn't here, let me fund your life. This isn't like, let me fund your life day. What if you're investing it's in not. the person? It's not. No, it's a- had, I, well, the, show, the thing I will do is beyond a show. Because the podcast is the conduit to make the impact, but it doesn't mean that just because they can't do a show at that moment, they're not going to be con- be able to do it in the future. I don't think you're arguing the point that I'm arguing. It isn't whether or not you should give them the money and or what it's for. It's the part about not being beholden to anyone that's bothering me, that you don't have to report back what you've done with it, that you don't have to tell anyone any progress you've made, that you don't have to like pay any of it back. Like I think Erica, I think that's a loan. I think yeah, she it is. It, it back. is. It, Erica Mandy's thing is a loan. What I'm saying to you is I'm not saying that you can't. It's like this. It's like being able to think about it. You got resources for somebody. To be able to turn around and say to them, out of their own accord, I'm going to make an agreement with you. Like, let's say you give me a million dollars. And then I go, thanks, Jess. I'm, I promise that these are the things that I'm going to do to show you what I'm doing with my thing. Mm-hmm. So in this agreement, I agree to meet with you four times a year, and let you know where my resources are going, these places, what didn't work and what not. That is on me. I'm the one that's reporting to you as the boss versus you requiring me to do that for you. Because again, yes. You have to have a signed contract just saying that your money is going to go to something. Well, yes, of course, but that would be the thing. You made it sound like you're just passing out checks with no... What I'm saying is like, it's the part that it is the, what I want is that the boss or the power is on the receiver, not the giver. Just because you gave me a million dollars does not make you more powerful or more meaningful than me and my work. Just because you have more resources than me doesn't make me less than you. You are not my boss is what I'm saying. All right. And we agree we are in at that level as as fellow humans. Thank you for your resources. I will do the best that I can to make these work and to and to continue to do my work because I have things to do and I have people to help and I have impact to make. And I will be responsible human. But it's this power structure, the overbearing thing where it's like, well, I gave you this. So what are you going to do with it? 
I think a fundamental difference between us is that I grew up in a family where financial gifts always come with strings. You don't get a loan or somebody paying for something without them telling you exactly what they want you to do with it. And I mean, this can go from anywhere from like, okay, so for example, my dad gave me a gas card because he didn't want me to have to pay for gas and because it was a company vehicle, technically, my car. But then he would look at every receipt and be like, why are you buying Cheetos? And I was like, because I'm starving. But I had to like answer for the items that I was buying also because I bought cigarettes, but whatever. There's no free ride, okay? You know, my grandmother did this to them. Like she said, I want to buy your bedroom furniture. My mother picked out what she wanted and she was like, I'm not buying that. <laughs> she wanted her to buy what she wanted her to buy. I can't be comfortable with the idea of giving someone money with no strings attached because – not because I want to pick out their bedroom furniture, but because – I want to make sure that my money went to the right person, to a person who's going to be responsible. And the only way to do that is to keep tabs. You cannot just give people money. I just think people are not as responsible with money as you want them to be or you think that they are. And if you're going to be a benefactor, you don't just want to flush it down the toilet because then you're not making the impact that you want to make. Right. But I think that there's also uh, – I mean, I understand. I understand how frustrating it is for what you were speaking about. You know, that that whole thing about the way that you were raised when it came to money. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So you are right. That is a fundamental difference between us because I never had, like, we never had that. And the only way we were able to do what we were doing is because we had our own family giving us money. Let me tell you something. You know, when I went to away for the very first time to go into grad school, right, I didn't have the scholarship that I did at that time. So I went into grad school. We were going to get a weekly stipend. It was $125 a week. That's what I was meant to live on when I was in Denver by myself for the very first time, right? I was scrambling to figure out where the hell I was going to live, how I was going to get a loan, if I was going to be able to feed myself and all the stuff. This was like totally by myself. First time ever, different state, right? All of a sudden, I get a letter from my brother, my little brother, dude. He sent me $1,300 from his first job that he had when he was at the Simpsons. He gave me his, he gave me his first check. Aww, and I so nice. had that money. And I, I, I just said, thank you. We've never spoken about it again. This was my little brother. I was like, he was 21 years old. He is the one that paid for my parents to be able to afford their house and life because he had a job and my dad did not have a job for years when I graduated in high school. And because technically he wouldn't have had that job had your parents not been brave enough to come here. So they exactly. deserve help from their children. My parents didn't need that. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So in that respect, being able to not have like that's not like a tit for tat. I never felt that I had to in some way tell my brother what I was spending my money on. He never wanted to know where it went. My he parents never asked any – like there was none of that stuff. People just give – my when parents give me money, they just give me cash and then my dad's big eyes and they just smile and, and then they go along their way. Like they've never asked me, what did you do with it? What did you buy? But they know you well enough to know that you would Well, this be... is what I'm saying. But there's no way we to know. We would vet it. We there's... would vet the people. 
I don't think there's any way to know a benefactor well enough to. And we're not talking about thirteen hundred dollars. We're talking about a million dollars. A million. Well, not, I'm using okay. All right. Okay, so, five thousand. I will give with no strings attached. Maybe even ten. But a million dollars needs to come with strings for fuck's sake. I can't just throw out a million dollars. I don't care how wealthy. I mean, even Jeff Bezos needs some tracking on a million dollars. Because it's a million dollars. Yeah, of course. I, I And when I'm buying, and like you're getting stuck in the whole idea of the million dollars, which I understand. But <laughs> I think that the idea, the idea of what I'm saying needs to be part of it. Like I, I love just the idea like, of solving their problems so they can keep going. That is a, no, that is a, actually, it's concept. not that. I subscribe to the, of, of not solving their problems, of giving them the resources so that they can create the world and the structure and the systems that they are going to use because it works for them versus me saying, Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you just follow the same systemic shit that's been going on for so long? Because we don't give agency to people. And a lot of the time, they are simply, they, there's a lot of folks that just cannot get the resources. They cannot. I agree. And that's something that's I would like saying. to solve. That's something I would like to help solve. And like Sevilla, like hearing that she wants gear made me want to send her gear. Of course. Because I it can't stand the idea like- of her having to go without so she can pay a, per- like, I can't even stand the idea of that. I would love to have a nonprofit that solved problems like that. And yeah, I'll send you gear with no strings attached because unless you're going to set it on fire, I'm assuming you're going to do what you're supposed to do with it, right? Like, there's no questions there. There's times that you don't know. You don't know how to use it. It like falls right. down. It's broken. It's like, there's all kinds of crap that goes along with it. And I think part of that is is in being able to understand not only like being able to to feel out communities. And I, I get the bottom line for me is like investing in leaders so that they can then turn around and help the people that they know best how to help. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's the bottom line of this is that conversation. Okay. So then going back to the VC funding and whole Quibi and Quake and all that bullshit. <laughs> it's like there's all of these. There's there's obviously a bunch of cash. Yeah. There's obviously people who are investing in things that are risky and often they lose a lot of money. So in addition to you losing your money in this way. Why don't you just invest here with no string, strings of cat? Give it to these people. Just lately, I've found that my generosity and trust are not met with respect. And it's frustrating. Like there, yes, there are and I people that I've paid I, for services, you know, I mean, from last yeah. fall that I paid in advance and couldn't get the services that I needed or it goes by the wayside. And I just... The idea of giving someone a million dollars with no strings attached just makes my stomach hurt because, first of all, I'm not a person that can lose money easily. I can't gamble without being nauseous. And it's odd because I'm not exactly the world's most savvy financial planner either. In my head, I can tabulate stuff and I know what I have and I know what I don't. I know what I can afford and I know what I can't. But I can't stand the idea of just giving money to someone who's just going to take it, buy themselves a car and tell me to fuck off. I can't stand that idea. That would make me violently angry. Yeah, but then, but just again, that's, I know that you can't stand that idea. And there's part of it is like, number one, you have to like vet the people or at least be okay with them going away and not 
and like totally doing that. Like, it's not about you. You're not the boss of them. And I think part of it is that we get into this like process where it does like, I can't believe they didn't do what I want them to do. That's the whole point of being a human. Mind you, I get that, you know, you've had experiences with people not delivering stuff the way that they said that they were going to do it. And I have to say that I'm very frugal about the people that I work with and the things that they can do back for me. I mean, I am not the person that's going to be forking out the cash for all of the things without vetting and without being absolutely 100% sure I know exactly what I'm getting. And most of the people that I end up hiring, I've had, I've been in relationship with them for a long time. That's I will vouch for Elsie. There has been times where I, she says, how much for this? And I'd say this much. And she goes, no, this much. I'm like, okay. She would give me more. She's me? like, no, you're worth more than that. Me? Yeah, no, Elsie. Elsie, there has been times when I've worked with Elsie on a project and she would say to me, how much does it cost to do this? And I gave her a price and she goes, no, no. It's this. And I'm like, hey, I like your number better than mine. First of all, I'm happy to give kudos to Elsie at any point, but I'm the one that fucking made you invoice us in the first place. I know. <laughs> Hang on. Just because I just just because I said Elsie did that doesn't mean that I'm not appreciative of working for you and in what we do. I'm just saying that Elsie has I gave her a price, she could have said, Hey, more money for me. Because no, she was I've running the project. Too. You're worth what you're worth. And Elsie and I learned that in the same place, that you pay someone what they're worth. If you think their yeah. time is worth more, you give them more. We learned that in the same class, in the same online, you know, that's that's digital. That's the whole reason why this relationship works is because we have that foundation of respect and trust with Correct. one another. We don't you, right. My point is just that you can't have that with every Tom, Dick, and Harry walking down the street. That, Correct. That yes. I happen to have that's that with her. I don't have that with, I mean, you know, I would even trust Sevilla. I would probably give it to Sevilla or somebody that we knew. I'm talking about somebody who applies and then something happens and you, you just you can't, can't get, a hold. get your investment back and you, yeah, you can't get a hold of them. I'm not, and I'm, I'm talking about large sums of money, not like 500 bucks. I'm happy to throw that away. If they want to use it on something else, whatever. Just like my dad in the gas card. Like, I didn't get grounded. He didn't take it away. He was just, I don't want you to do that with the money. I'm not supposed to be paying for your cigarettes. And then he'd pay the bill. And then he'd pay the bill next month. Because what the fuck was he going to do? I didn't have a lot of, you know, like, you either pay for it or you don't. So, like, I get it. I just. And it's different with your kids than it is with someone that you don't know or is you're working in in, in a business and situation. And your siblings. Yeah. Yes, I mean. Yes. And, yeah, family's family. Business is business. Yeah. I sometimes, just, it, you know, like I said, sometimes the hardest business to be in is when you're in business with family. Yeah. But we're talking about, I mean, Quibi, who had like Disney and NBC as their benefactors, they've pissed away all that money right. collectively. Right. And it's worth looking at why and what they did wrong. Yeah. It looks great on paper. But when you go to put it into practice, it just, I guess, didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. Any, anyway, I think, yeah. I like that. I like that summation there, John. <laughs> Let's. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if we I should move on or what? I'd love to hear. I'd well, love to hear feedback about this. I know that Elsie's story was very heartfelt, and I've had similar experience with people bailing me out in situations I had no way of getting myself out of. Many, in fact, because I was broke as a joke until Scott and I got married. So, like from twenty four, twenty one to twenty nine, I was like praying that I could afford diapers every week. So I get it. But that said, if someone were to have given me a million dollars, I don't know that I would have spent it on something I was supposed to be doing because everything was behind. I right. was in debt. 
I don't know that I could have been trusted at 25 with a million dollars. I would have paid off my debt and then hopefully I would have been able to fulfill whatever I was supposed to fulfill. Yep. And I think that there's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not like you're just like throwing the stuff out. There are organizations out there. There are our own she podcasters that are like really on point. You know, like people are I'm like, oh my God, you're so put together. Like all the things, everything that is working, right? And the only thing that they need is just that little push, right? Like the capacity of being able to expand into something. Their ability to have, like to have a conversation with somebody who is just, they just need a little more and to be able to go like, what do you need? Can you tell me what do you need so that this can happen and you can do your work? And if if they can turn around and go, you know, I need this amount for living expenses. I need this amount to hire this people. I need this amount for blah, blah, blah. And like be able to have like a conversation with somebody and go like, okay, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. Let's do an experiment. You, you know? Send us an email, feedback at shepodcast.com and tell us what you need for a thousand dollars or less, just like Sevilla. Tell us what you need. I'm feeling like I, I want to try and attempt to do like a Kiva type exchange where, you know, I mean, I'm not saying build a website, but I'm just saying like, could we make a list of people who need certain things and then reach out to our sponsors and try and solve those problems? I mean, on a small scale. Right. Not a million dollars yet. Dear God, not a million dollars. But like, but like, you know, I'm supposed to be interviewing Michelle Levitt soon for the, for the super squad. And like, I could show her the list and say, you know, these people need a microphone. Do you have, you know, whatever, just to see if she wants right. to do that and in exchange for advertising, in exchange for sp- whatever. I don't even know because I'm making it up as I'm talking. In exchange for nothing. No, but for them. I thank you. I thank you. Okay. But I'm just. <laughs> God. Just saying. You okay. get nothing. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> You get nothing. Absolutely nothing. They should at least get a tax credit, which is why I don't know if this idea is going to work. Exactly. And and you're right. I think that there are. Yes. I got to figure that part out. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 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 So send us an email, feedback at shepodcast.com. Tell us. I mean, if you even want to send me links, Amazon links, links to gear, please, you don't have to necessarily look at Heil, but just what's the one thing that would make your life easier as a podcaster that someone could. With a little bit of extra, may be able to provide for you. If you can send us that, Elsie and I will maybe work on something for the holidays or something. I don't know. We can just. I'm. I'm interested to see if we have the ability to make these kinds of changes within our community. And yes. I, and it's something she and I both want to do. So please do that. Like you. you just heard for the past whatever for with us. Like hashtag we apologize that we were long winded about this, but you know, I mean. Sometimes when you're passionate about something, you have to sort of like flesh it out in order to voice to achieve, you know, like this is how Elsie and I achieve. Sometimes we sort of flesh out what we think about stuff and how we want to go forward with stuff so that we can actually go forward and make big differences. So technically, you kind of heard us arriving at the same page to what we want to do, (laughs) I guess. Right. I mean, yeah, certainly not the first time we've done this on air. (laughs) No, it's not. It's been a while, though. Well, you didn't cry last time either. No, it won't be at all. But anyway, y'all, give okay. us some feedback. I think that we've gone through many things. We covered like a thing. Um, should we just close it off with like one other thing? Yeah. I just want to talk about Dumpster Fire really quick. The Weird and Wild Show of the Week. 
Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Show of the week. That little girl is almost a woman. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, okay. okay. Um, so Dumpster Fire is a show that my friend Jordan Harbinger is involved in. It basically is interviews with Billy McFarland from Federal Prison. I think it's the Weird and Wild show of the week because the Fire Festival documentaries came out like the second that Elsie and I decided we wanted to do an event. And then Chris Kermitzos and I both saw it in the same weekend and we were just like, well, holy shit. We can't go wrong compared to that. Yeah. Because that know, was a fucking true. ridiculous disaster. So ridiculous. I mean, the whole the whole background as to what made that such a disaster and what the um, decisions were is going to be part of this podcast. It's called Dumpster Fire FYRE. So check it out. Um, that's really all I wanted to say about that. And then I don't want you to forget about Produce Your Podcast because we love them. They really help us produce our podcast and they can do everything from editing, social media, show notes, anything, you know, production wise that you don't want to do. You can just give it to Produce Your Podcast. So check out ProduceYourPodcast.com. I also want to tell you that new in the squad this week, I added how to audit your website, a checklist. It's a very, very thorough checklist, like seven sections, lots of detail about have you looked at your copy? Have you looked at your brand? Like everything to make your website like a, I don't want to necessarily want to say a sales tool, but you know, whatever goals you want to achieve with your podcast, your website should be like the first stop to doing that. And I gave you some resources to make sure that it's doing that. And I'm also going to add some stress helpers and some other things in the squad this week. So please check that out. And then did you want to talk, you can talk about Vox Nest or Sure. Or, I mean, yeah. We no, we can talk about it next time. Are you sure? Yeah. I just wanted to get that out of the way. And then if you wanted to go back to something important, we could, but. Uh, yeah, no, you got it out of the way. I think the only thing that I have, uh, I just wanted to like end in a light note because there's new, this is a tool tip, John. Elsie's tool tips. All right, so there's a new microphone from Shure, S H U R E. It is called the MV7. It's a podcasting mic that is kind of like it's very reminiscent of the popular SM7B, which is a very popular microphone with a lot of podcasters, but here's where this one comes in and I am coveting this microphone. So much because it is an XLR and USB microphone. It's a dynamic microphone that is awesome. It's a little bit on the pricier side for for these type. It's like right along the um, Yeti Pro price range. It's $249. But the lovely thing about this microphone is, again, the sound. It's got so many built-in things. There's an app that you can control, like all the things that the microphone does. And it is, you can stick it straight into the computer. There are literally, John, I think that there's like, what, four microphones that are XLR USB, the Yeti Pro, the Samsung Q2U, the ATR2100, and then their ATR2020 or two... 2000 or something like that. It's like four microphones that have both inputs and outputs or whatever. And this is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. So if you don't have a Rodecaster Pro or you don't have an audio interface, but you really want to take your level for your microphone up and it's and you don't want to buy a condenser microphone like the Yeti Pro, this is the one for you. It is so cool. So 
uh, link in the show notes so that you guys can check it out. Put it in your on your desires for the holidays or whatever, because this is a I think it's going to be a pretty big game changer for a lot of people. It's a it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to eliminate a lot of equipment. So in other words, if you had a Zoom um, recorder, H6, H6 yeah. you can plug it into the Zoom, record your microphone here and also plug the, the USB in and live stream. So your audio, you have crystal clear audio, com- you know, being recorded into the Zoom. And then you also have are the, the ability to live stream at the same time. That actually would eliminate the Rodecaster Pro for some things. Mm-hmm. Still, there's to be some workarounds where you could actually bring audio back into the into the Zoom to uh, record someone on the other side. Yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah, it's awesome. So anyway, I just thought I, I'd let you all go with that little piece of podcasting centric discussion. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to our super squad who's hanging in there watching this and listening live. <laughs> We love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone who is listening. If you want to find us on the web, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at She Podcast. We are at ShePodcast.com. Um, and the squad is ShePodcast.com forward slash squad. Join us. It's super fun. And that's the news. We're out of here, I guess. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>